0: back to another episode of the Adam Schefter podcast. As we look back on week nine, look ahead to week 10 and welcome in the standout running back of the Indianapolis Colts, 22-year-old Jonathan Taylor, the NFL's second leading rusher, a man poised to win the NFL's rushing title this upcoming season. Jonathan Taylor really started off week nine with a Standout performance against the New York Jets on Thursday night football. And that was a week that was just insane with the amount of events that unfolded in the greatest reality show that there is. That is the National Football League. On Monday, we saw the Los Angeles Rams acquire Von Miller in a trade. We saw Derrick Henry undergo foot surgery. We saw the trade deadline on Tuesday where the Houston Texans held on to Deshaun Watson, but yet there were a series of other minor trades that did go down at the deadline. We saw the Raiders wide receiver, Henry Ruggs, go 156 miles an hour, allegedly crash into another car in Las Vegas and take the life of a young woman and her dog, tragic circumstances in Las Vegas. And you just hope that there's peace for the victim's family in this particular situation. We saw the Cleveland Browns send home Odell Beckham Jr. and then place him on waivers after the two sides reworked his contract to allow him to be waived. We saw Aaron Rodgers test positive for COVID and then go on the Pat McAfee show in a long-winded press conference that essentially became the opening monologue on Saturday Night Live. That's never a good thing when you are the opening monologue on Saturday Night Live as Aaron Rodgers was this past week. And that was all a lead up to the games on Sunday. Everybody saw Jacksonville beating Buffalo, right? Or Denver dominating Dallas, right? Or the Tennessee Titans going into Los Angeles without Derrick Henry and essentially taking it to the Rams on national TV on the Rams home field. And I think the point there is that just last week, we were talking about how the Rams could become the second straight NFL team in back to back years to host and potentially win a Super Bowl on its home field. Last year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did it. This year, the Los Angeles Rams seem to be in line. And then the Tennessee Titans, who lose Derrick Henry, go in there. And they leave Los Angeles as the number one seed in the AFC. And the Rams are reeling. That's the NFL. Every week, we have no idea what's going to happen off the field or on the field. And as we look ahead to what's going to happen on the field this week. Some intriguing storylines. As always, we've got the Falcons and Cowboys with the Cowboys defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, going up against the team that fired him after he served as the head coach there from 2015 to 2020. Dan Quinn was fired after an 0-5 start last season. Well, now he gets to go up against his former team. We get the Saints and Titans, two teams, that lost two key players on the same Sunday, with Jameis Winston tearing his ACL and Derek Henry suffering a Jones fracture that required surgery last week. Now the Winstonless Saints will meet the Henryless Titans in what should be a very intriguing battle this upcoming weekend. How about Bill Belichick going up against a team that once let him go? Bill Belichick was the Cleveland Browns head coach till 1995, from '91 through '95. And since then, he's 7-2 against Cleveland, who very well could be without Nick Chubb, who tested positive. In fact, three Browns running backs tested positive. Another storyline for this upcoming week. week. We've got Tampa Bay playing Washington, a rematch of last season's wildcard playoff game, where the Buccaneers won 31-23 in Washington on the way to their Super Bowl victory. We've got the Panthers and the Cardinals, with Kyler Murray being 0-2 against the Panthers in his career, including a 31-21 loss in Carolina last year. And we've got, I think, perhaps one of the best matchups of the weekend, Seattle at Green Bay. We know Russell Wilson's back from the thumb surgery, and when he had the thumb surgery on October 8th, before he was wheeled in, his hand surgeon told him he will miss six weeks minimum six weeks minimum before you start throwing a football again. Lo and behold, what happens? Russell Wilson, a month out, is throwing a football and now on track to start against the Packers, who we believe will have Aaron Rodgers back, but he still obviously needs to be asymptomatic before he's cleared Saturday to play against Russell Wilson on Sunday. And of course, great AFC West matchup this weekend. Chiefs, Raiders. These teams played a Sunday night game in week 11 last year in which Vegas, uh, in Vegas, that the Chiefs won 35-31 on a touchdown in the final minute. Patrick Mahomes is 10-0 on the road in divisional games compared to 6-3 and three at home versus the AFC West, but he's never lost a road divisional game as the Chiefs prepare to head in Las Vegas. And we'll be in San Francisco on Monday night for the Rams at 49ers. Always great theater when Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan meet up. This is the first Monday night football meeting for those two particular coaches. And the 49ers have won four straight games versus the Rams after the Rams went three and one in McVay's first four games against Shanahan. But to get us going on this week's podcast, we have a man who right now is second in the NFL in rushing. And it's interesting when you look at that list of league leaders, Derrick Henry sits atop. The NFL's rushing chart with 937 yards, probably finished the season with 937 yards. Next, Jonathan Taylor, 821 yards, Nick Chubb behind him at 721, Nick Chubb, COVID. And you know who's the fourth leading rusher in the NFL? Amazingly enough right now, Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram, the Saints running back, the man that the Texans just gave away for a flop of draft picks. Mark Ingram, fourth in the NFL with 658 rushing yards, but the man now poised to win the NFL's Rushing title is the great young back in Indianapolis, Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan. How are you? Thank you very much for taking time. Oh, no problem. It's my pleasure. You know the backstory behind this appearance today?
1: The backstory? No.
0: Oh, there's a backstory, Jonathan.
1: Okay, okay.
0: Ready? So you were going to come on Nickelodeon this week on Slime Time. Our friend Matt Conk. Oh was no! Going to yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Which I had something going on then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You you were going to be the first player in NFL history to appear simultaneously on two separate Schefter forums: Dylan <laughs> Schefter on Nickelodeon Slime Time, and then on the same week, one day later, the Adam Schefter podcast. So my my daughter gets the shaft here, Jonathan, which I'm very disappointed. I'd rather
1: I'd rather her get all the good guests than me. <laughs> yeah, that was that's my fault. I had to. May really maximize that time. Uh, it's a lot of. It's hard to schedule a lot of things when you got the schedules that, that we have. So I had to pack in a lot of things. Is it hard being Jonathan Taylor these days? No, not at all. I mean, I mean, especially here in Indy. I mean, Andy is amazing. I mean, anytime you go anywhere, um, people really just say, "I appreciate everything that you're doing," and it's it's mind blowing because. You know, you just hear a fan, you see a fan, and you're like, you know, I appreciate you so much for following me, for, you know, coming to the game, showing support. And, you know, you're ready. You're like, I'll give you, a, you know, a picture. You you guys want an autograph. In my mind, I'm thinking this, and then only thing that comes out their mouth is I appreciate everything that you're doing for So, I mean, the fans here are amazing. Was it like that for you from day one, Jonathan? It definitely was. I mean, even in Wisconsin, I mean, the Wisconsin – I don't know how I've been blessed and so lucky to be a part of two great fan bases, um, just because like they really just truly, truly enjoy watching the Wisconsin Badgers program and the Indianapolis Colts Club, they love seeing them prosper. They love seeing the, the young men prosper in these programs and they just say how much they appreciate it so much.
0: Well, let me ask you a question. If you were Jonathan Taylor at Michigan or Ohio State or Indiana, or you picked the university and you were Jonathan Taylor. For the Arizona Cardinals or Houston Texans or Miami Dolphins, don't you think people would be as nice there? Do you think that it's exclusive to Madison, Wisconsin and Indianapolis because of
1: your because of how good you've been and productive you've been? Now I think it's just exclusive to those two, just because like those two places here and in Madison, I'm, the people there are really genuine. Not to say that anywhere else the people aren't genuine, but just from my experience, I could truly tell if it was not only me, if there was somebody named Frank Douglas and that was in the same position as me, they would do the same thing to Hmm. Frank Douglas. What was one time where somebody blew you away with their kindness
0: and treated you in a certain manner that just left
1: you in disbelief? Is there one time you could think of? Um. Well, definitely in Madison, there was an older couple walking down the street one day. They noticed me. And one thing that they said was, thank you so much, young man. I mean, you've just made these past two years. So it was my it was my last year. I was in the middle of my third uh, year at Wisconsin. Said so you made these past two years very, very special. Um, my wife and I, we enjoy and love watching not only you, but the entire Badger team. But just you exclusively, the way you handle yourself, the way you carry yourself. Keep doing what you're doing and good luck in your classes. Uh, And and the fact that they added good luck in your classes at the end just showed me that they cared about my well-being, not as a football player, but off of the field. Knowing that it's a young man that's still trying to to get his college degree, um, let alone, you know, he's, oh, Jonathan Taylor, the Badgers running back. It's no, Jonathan Taylor, he's a student here at the University of Wisconsin.
0: And amazing that a few years later that that old couple's greeting stays with you. It is. It is. And you bring up Wisconsin. Wisconsin has had a long line of great running backs here. Like, Wisconsin running backs have taken the NFL by storm, dating back to Alan Amici, right? And then we've got Monty Ball. We've got Melvin Gordon. We've got Ron Dane. We've got the great Jonathan Taylor. What is it about Wisconsin running backs, Jonathan?
1: I think it's the, the type of program that we go through. It breeds toughness. I mean, you already have to be a tough player to make it through. And actually to, to earn the, the right to be, you know, a Wisconsin Badgers running back. But just going through that program, it breeds toughness. And in the NFL, you have to be tough. I mean, as a running back, you you have to be a tough player. So being able to already be prepped and primed of being a tough player by going through the University of Wisconsin, it kind of just sets you up for success in the NFL.
0: When you're leaving Wisconsin and aspire to have that kind of success that you're talking about in the NFL, did you have... The idea that your career would turn out to be what it has so far.
1: I mean, so far, you definitely have those those dreams and visions. I mean, especially once it gets so close, you start getting ready for draft prep and and combine. And once things start getting close, then you start imagining and dreaming. And then you kind of come back down to earth and realize that you have to work. And it's not just going to happen because it happened in college. And then as you keep going further along throughout camp, you understand, okay, I really have to work. Um, these, I mean, these are the elite of the elite. So you have to make sure you are working nonstop. Um, but definitely, there definitely are dreams and thoughts and aspirations as you're leaving school of, you know, I think that I could see myself in this position, but it's going to take work. This show is sponsored
0: by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com adam today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, h slash adam. So when was the moment that you knew I got this? in the
1: NFL? Really? Really? I would say kind of that second half of my my first year. I'm coming in. It was kind of crazy just because of uh, the situation that was going on in the world. We're learning an entire new system virtually. Um, We have a modified training camp. So now you're finally trying to put everything that you learned virtually into action with live bullets flying uh, during this modified training camp. So you're still learning a little bit, but it's yeah. nothing like getting those off-season full-out reps. Uh, and then the, during the season, the playbook is constantly changing through the game plan. So about halfway through the year um, is when things kind of settle down and you've seen a lot of nuances and changes and kind of have the playbook down pat. You're able to go out there and focus on, you know, how you're supposed to go out there and properly play the game rather than what am I supposed to do on each and every single play.
0: But Jonathan, was there a one game, a play, a moment in that second half of your rookie year when it's coming together, where you light up a certain defense, where you have a certain run, where you say, again, this is going to work out okay?
1: It wasn't just a specific moment, but it was definitely in the back half when I started being able to to go out there confident in, in the playbook, confident in knowing that if there are any little small changes or nuances, I, I've studied them. I know what they are, rather than those being sprung on me and being able to, you know, try to ask, you know, a veteran or, or someone, hey, you know, if this situation comes up, what's the protocol for
0: it? And and so right now, you are on pace. Uh, for whatever that means, on pace, always a big term, but we're about halfway through the year. You're on pace to run for fifteen hundred and fifty yards. You're on pace to catch five hundred and forty-five yards. You're on pace for almost 2,100 total yards and 18 touchdowns. As it also currently stands, I believe you are, let me just look here, second in the league with 821 rushing yards, behind only Derrick Henry, who I don't expect to play again in the regular season. What would it mean to you, Jonathan
1: Taylor, to win an NFL rushing title? I mean, it would mean a lot, and especially um, to the offensive line and the receivers. One thing people don't talk about, I love the offensive line, the O-line. Those guys do the heavy lifting week in and week out. But those long, explosive runs, they come from the receivers. That's how you get sprung. And we have multiple guys. We have multiple guys who have no problem. They have a want to. It's a want to go out there and and crack a safety, crack a linebacker, go out there and dig someone out. Uh, And we have multiple guys at the receiver position that love to do that. So it would be, be amazing. Um, And I would love to share that moment with the entire office. Who's the best blocking wide receiver on your team? That's, ooh, that's tough. I mean, because if you got Pitt coming in like a madman, but then you got (laughs) Zach Pascal. Zach Pascal, he's a receiver you wouldn't think would go in there and dig someone out. Just by the way he runs his routes so crisp, and then you turn on the tape and he's going in there and he's manhandling. I mean, it's, that's actually a tough one. That's actually, that's a tough one.
0: Well, we don't have one guy that they, they all stand out, right? If they're all springing blocks, they're all going to stand out here, right? Exactly. What does Jonathan Taylor do during his free time in Indy?
1: So I really like to kind of get my mind away from from the actual game of football, just to reset. Um, not to disregard it totally, but being able to reset, refresh. Um, too much of anything will kill you. Um, but what I like to say is, if you can hit that reset button, just even if it's for one minute, just 1 minute, even 30 seconds. You just need to reset and be able to sit down, relax, listen to some some calm oceans or or rainstorms and just kick back. So how do you reset and refocus for that minute, for that day, for whatever it is? Sometimes it's just sitting there in your thoughts. It's just laying back, kicking your feet up and just reflecting, just ref- however far back you want to go, the past day, the past hour, the past week, just reflecting And then thinking about what do you want to do moving forward um, as far as your schedule, maybe things you have to do, but just time to reflect and reset. Because a lot of times you just, you get into a routine and it's like clockwork and you just have to remind yourself that, you know, you still need to take care of your mental health and make sure that, you know, check in with yourself, make sure you're doing okay.
0: You bring up mental health. It's very interesting. We've had a lot of players this year. It seems like it's gotten more focus and attention than ever before. And I don't think it's any more of an issue this year than in other years. But look, we see Lane Johnson leave the Philadelphia Eagles for a few weeks. We see Calvin Ridley right now take leave and talk about the fact that he needs to go deal with his mental health. Are you aware of the fact that this is such a conversation? There's so much attention on it now as
1: opposed to previously. Yeah, definitely. And, and you mentioned some great players um, that you just mentioned. A lot of times, those players are—they're perfecting their craft. I mean, they're consumed with it. We all are. Everyone wants to find a a way to to get an edge in order to get a leg up, in order to be, you know, a better player today than they were yesterday. And that's why I like to do those those check-ins with myself, just to make sure that I'm doing all right. Because a lot of times you can get lost in it. You can just get lost in the routine and the grind on trying to become the best player you can be. So you know what you know the deal there is, Jonathan. I think people
0: view football players as invincible as these big, tough, strong guys, they don't have problems and they don't realize your life, your teammates life, your coach's life, my life, anyone's life. We all have issues that we're going through. We all have battles that we face, physical, mental, whatever it may be. You guys have more physical battles than anybody else, but
1: it's not easy to get through this situation of life for anybody. Right? Yeah. And that's the thing. It's, It doesn't matter what problems you have. Everyone has something. Everyone's going through something to some degree. And and a lot of times, like you said, people think we're invincible or people think, you know, what kind of problems could you possibly have? But at the end of the day, we're all still going through this one big, I don't even want to call it a game because it's not a game, but life. We're all going through this journey called life. So that does not change for, for anyone.
0: You talk about resetting and refocusing. I know personally, I keep a journal. I've written in my journal every single day since 1990. We can go to any day, call up, whatever it is, and I could, you can could read everything that happened to me that day. And it takes a lot of discipline to do. But what I found is at times of trouble, at times of stress, times where you're going through something, it's a great outlet to be able to put it into your computer, look at the words, and then also years later, go back, and look at what you've written to see sometimes how insignificant some of those issues were and how far you've come as a person altogether, all those things. So what do you do, again, specifically to reset and refocus? Is it it meditating? Is it yoga? Is it journaling? Is it something like you have to be doing something to reset your mind in the way you're talking about?
1: Yeah. I really like to, to reflect. I really like to reflect on, on the day similar to how you write in your journal, but I like to just reflect. It's almost like a conversation in, inside of my head almost. And just saying, oh man, today was a long day. Um, What do I have to do tomorrow? Or, you know, today was a long day, man, I, I missed that one assignment, or I'm glad I definitely uh, made the correction on something that I made a mistake on earlier in the year. You know, just, just going in, checking in, call Another thing, calling family members, uh, a lot of times um, you can get disconnected from, from family during the season by just going through your process. Everything is so regimented and scheduled out each day. Uh, you, you lose time, you lose track. Uh, my college coach, my running back coach, John Settle, he always used to say, um, did you call your mom this week? I mean, that was one of his biggest things. Did you call your mother this week? Um, so that's something that that I tend to do as well to reset and check in because you know, moms are going to just talk about anything else other than football. You know, what are you eat? did you cook lately? You know, what's going on? Anything else new in the house? So uh, they're going to bring you right back down there. Yeah, I think people forget that you're 22 years old. You're instructed and forced to
0: move to Indianapolis. You didn't pick Indianapolis. Indianapolis picked you. Your family is where, Jonathan? In South
1: Jersey. So yeah,
0: there. okay. So they're back in South Jersey. You're in Indianapolis. You're a young man. You're trying to figure that. That's not a
1: simple thing to do, right? It's not. I mean, it's similar to going to college. I mean, you go to college, you choose your college for the most part, you choose your college. Then you move there and you kind of grow into your own at your specific college. And then now it's, you're taking that jump, but this time it's into the professional world. It's to, you know, a part of your career. This is, We you know this is not going to be your career your entire um, life, but it's you're jumping into a, a next part of your professional career, um, similar to how you left for college, to start that journey in your life. You're essentially starting a new journey.
0: See, and I think people would forget that, right? They would say, Jonathan Taylor, 22, star of the NFL, second leading rusher in the league, crushing football right now, has everything that you'd ever want. But to our earlier point, it's not easy, right? Everybody's
1: got their stuff. It's not, not always great. Exactly, and that's just kind of the athlete's perspective. Recently, is what I what I have been seeing is that people are trying to portray that now saying, "Hey, there's really no difference between me and you except our profession." That's the only that's the only difference. I mean, we're still a human being just like you. We still have family members, we still have personal problems, family problems. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's like I said, we're all going through this journey. Called Life Together. Now, next week, the Indianapolis Colts are going to be featured on Hard Knocks,
0: the first in, in season hard knocks all year long. The cameras, I'm sure, are already there, right?
1: Have you have you been aware of that?
0: Yeah. What is like? Ha-
1: they have been here. It's uh it's really interesting because you watch the hard knocks, you know, for training camp, and this is the first in season one, and you're a part of it. So it's like, in a sense, you're a part of history in a sense.
0: That's a good way of looking at it. So are are we going to see a lot of Jonathan Taylor on there, to your knowledge? Like, have they been following into your house as you play chess or as you reset and refocus, as you're calling your mom, as you're doing
1: anything like that? Uh, there definitely have been uh, some some filming outside of the building. Uh, and it all depends on who they highlight in the building. I mean, there are cameras everywhere. So I guess they can access anybody. If they can see you on the camera, they can access anyone from anywhere.
0: You got to be careful. It's always there. It's like mics, cameramen, everything is basically there to be had on tape. Right. It kind of changes the way. Well, eventually you become used to it. Yes. But it takes a little while to get adjusted to them invading because that's what it is, invading your life.
1: Yeah. At first, it is tough to to get used to them because you're looking to see where are all the cameras at, who are they following today, who's mic'd up. And then after a while, you kind of just get into the routine and you're like, ah, eh. you know, if they're there, they're there. But, you know, I have to stay focused on, you know, the tasks that I have to do each day.
0: Jonathan, we talk about this being early in your career, second in the NFL, like I said, in rushing. What are your long range goals? What do you hope to accomplish during your time in Indianapolis? What are you thinking? What's in your mind?
1: Maybe something, maybe nothing. Overall, I definitely want to, to make a big impact in the, in the community. Um, This is starting to become a a third home. I always call, you know, Madison my second home. And and this is starting to become my my third home. I just, the the people here in in Indy are amazing. So really want to make a big impact in the community. And then on the field wise, you know, I want to become a champion. I want to bring, you know, a championship to this town. That's something I've been chasing for a long time um, at every level, trying to to accomplish it. So uh, those are two of the main things I definitely want to accomplish here.
0: Well, we wish you luck and we'll be following you as you go and do this. And the only thing that will make me happier than you taking the time to talk with me today is you then taking the time another week when it does work into your very busy schedule to sit down with the great young Dylan Schefter to go on Nickelodeon Slime Time. We're going to have to do that at some point.
1: That sounds like a plan, but I appreciate you having me on today. But I would definitely, we'll definitely make that happen for sure. And I really appreciate that. And you, Jonathan, it's an honor to get to talk to you. You are the man that
0: people say you are in Indianapolis. Continued success to you. We'll be watching and pulling for you.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate your time.
0: And there is the Colts standout running back, Jonathan Taylor, who I heard was as good off the field as he is on the field. And I think anybody listening there can agree that that is a grounded and thoughtful young man who has a chance to really be a standout in the NFL for years to come on and off the field. All right. I mentioned that we're going to be in San Francisco this upcoming Monday night. This past Monday night, we were in Pittsburgh for the Steelers-Bears game. And I flew to Pittsburgh on Monday morning, and I was flying out of the Delta International Terminal from John F. Kennedy Airport in New York. And that has to be the longest terminal in the world. It is remarkable how far you can walk. I was at gate D38, which has got to be a 20-minute walk. And when you compare that to other airports like Kansas City, which is just such a simple and easy airport, so user-friendly, Pittsburgh Airport, very user-friendly, flying in and out of there this week, JFK, Delta Terminal, good luck with that. Well, it was a 20-minute walk to get to my gate, and I'm carrying my bag, and I'm carrying my knapsack, and I get on the plane, and when I go to get off the plane, my back is all locked up. It just jacked up. I could barely walk. It was bothering me all Monday before I went to Heinz Field. When I walked into Heinz Field, a couple of the people in the ESPN broadcast transmission trucks were saying, you know, you really should put some heat on your back because that'll help loosen you up. So when I went out to go to NFL Live and Sunday NFL Countdown, they put a couple of hand warmers on top of my shirt to give my back, which was really creaky, some warmth. But as I'm sitting out there on the field, These heat hand warmers, they they were on fire. I mean, it was bringing real heat. And so I got done with NFL Live and I, I had to take those hand warmers off. And as I sat there during Monday Night Countdown, it was bothering me an awful lot. Like it felt like somebody was sticking pins in my back. And when I came in from the show and took off my sport coat and pulled up my shirt, my entire back was all blistered up. I mean, crazy blistered up. And so I had to go to the doctor on Tuesday morning, and he looked at me, he said, you've got second degree burns all over your back from the hand warmers. So consider this a PSA. Do not wear hand warmers on your back. And maybe I should have called Joe Rogan to get his medical advice to ask him what I should have done on my back before I did that, but I didn't. And now I've got all sorts of bandages all over my back, all kinds of burn oh. creams all over my back. Um, I know we've got some cold weather Monday night games coming up in Chicago and Pittsburgh again and Buffalo. No more hand warmers on the back. That's not going to happen again. I also want to say this past Sunday, it was my younger brother Jordan's 50th birthday on the very same day that my older brother, Chris Mortensen, turned 70. So I got to wish them a very happy birthday that day, but I did want to do it publicly as well. A very special 50th happy birthday to my younger brother, Jordan, and a very special happy 70th birthday to my older brother, Mort. Love them both. And great to see them celebrate such momentous occasions. I want to thank Jonathan Taylor for taking some time out to join us today. I want to thank my great producer, Christina Buswell, for putting this all together. And I want to thank you, the listener, for tuning in to another Adam Schefter podcast. All right, before I let you go, please check out Swagoo and Perk a new ESPN podcast led by its namesake host, former NFL veteran and analyst Marcus Spears, a.k.a. Swagoo, and NBA champion and analyst Kendrick Perkins. With new episodes every Tuesday morning, Spears and Perkins will bring listeners the latest NBA and NFL news, as well as a look inside their lives, career journey with can't-miss conversations, and welcoming top sports and celebrity guests. That's Swagoo and Perk. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Also, We are so excited about our new weekday studio show, NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, tipping off the start of the NBA season with exclusive content Monday to Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Alongside Malika, there'll be a full cast of NBA experts and insiders, including Kendrick Perkins, Shanae Agumake, Vince Carter, Zach Lowe, Woj, Ramona Shelbourne, and many of our NBA reporters from around the league. Get caught up with the latest from around the NBA on NBA Today. 3 Eastern, New Pacific, on ESPN and the ESPN app. One app, one tap, and also available as a podcast. Listen to NBA Today wherever you get your podcasts. Please join us again next week as we'll be joined by Gotham Chopra, the man that has put together the series on Tom Brady called Man in the Arena that is running on ESPN Plus starting next Tuesday, November 16th. Gotham Chopra will be here to break down that series, provide us a little preview, talk about what it's like to work with Tom Brady, and that should be a really interesting listen. Until then, everybody, have a great week, be well, and stay safe.